there was a lot of advocacy and activity around that really drew people out. It's like, don't mess with our ski area. That was Jessica Keeler, president of Ski New Hampshire. She's next on the New England Ski Journal's Basecamp podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Basecamp podcast, your source for winter information. Get ready to winter like you mean it. Ski and ride season is right around the corner. Well, it's actually here. Tune those boards, mark your calendars for mountain time, and book that escape to Vermont where Stratton means snow so great it's guaranteed. Scores of options in lodging at the heart of the resort, fun activities for the whole family in a lively village. Visit stratton.com for lift and lodging deals, snow reports, and events. Welcome, everybody. My name is Eric Wilbur. I am the editor of New England Ski Journal. I am joined by my co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, how are you doing? Good afternoon, Eric. Guess what? What is that? Ski season is here. I know. Game on. Finally, right? And I know you came down from New Hampshire, right, right. where you live. I sure did. Wyndham, is that correct? Windham. Windham, New Hampshire. Some of my best friends live in Windham. And were you born and bred in New Hampshire? No. We moved to New Hampshire. I've lived in New York, Massachusetts, Colorado, Massachusetts, then New Hampshire. But New Hampshire is your your that's, ground zero for skiing. That's New Hampshire's my ground zero for skiing. Correct. And um, it's mine too. I I grew up skiing New Hampshire. My parents have owned a house in in the in the Conway area for God almost forty years now, and it is where I learned to ski, where I learned to love the sport, where I learned how to apprehend, where I learned how to ski the trees where you name it i learned most of it in new hampshire it's probably the place i've skied the most it's probably this place i ski the most now even in my life and part of that is because it's so accessible for massachusetts part of that is because we have a home there and part of the reason is just that it skis so well yeah new new hampshire's it's got some great ski areas it's got some even better views i mean the whites are unique to New Hampshire. Lake Winnipesaukee, that view off of Gunstock is unique to New Hampshire. I mean, that's that's virtually as good as Lake Tahoe or as good because you've got the whites behind it. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire offers something to everybody. It's got feeder areas. It's got family areas. It's got mega resorts and it's got the steeps. If you go to the right areas, the steeps are there. Right. So New Hampshire is incredible in that way. And when those nor'easters come in and dump the snow, when we get the winds coming from the other direction, they actually dump on New Hampshire first before Vermont. Right. So incredible opportunities in New Hampshire to enjoy winter. And I'm excited to ski there again. My my daughter is in fourth grade. And what one of the things Ski New Hampshire does is they do a fourth and fifth grade passport. For $60, you get one lift ticket to each represented store, represented, each represented ski area in New Hampshire, which is just a phenomenal deal. We had it with my son when he was in fourth grade, and I can't wait to just take her and go place to place and visiting and re, rediscovering a lot of these places. The, the map is, is out there. If, if you're a gnarly skier, you've got Cannon and Wildcat. If you are a, a family skier, you've got Bretton Woods and Pat's Peak and King Pine. And go right, go right down the list. Every single place has a characteristic for you, no matter where you go in New Hampshire. Well, 
you get to experience other spots, but just think about your daughter's, what she's going to get. She's going to be wowed at some of these resorts, wowed at some of the views. I've got so many pictures with my son going to different areas. I'm going to bring you back just a little bit. I talked about nor'easters. My son was probably eight years old at the time. I wish I could come up with a year, but Wildcat got 50 inches of snow off in northeast or nor'east. I drove up from southern New Hampshire because I had to go ski Wildcat. Guess what? You couldn't ski the snow. It was too much. But if you stayed in the tracks, just skiing 50 inches in the east is unheard of. The next day, because Brenton Woods was closed, we drove back up with my son. And all I can remember, we're skiing a groomed terrain at Brenton Woods, and he actually went off the trail. I had to dig him out from (laughs) chest-deep snow because his skis were stuck in. Um, Those memories stick with you forever, so your daughter's going to have some experiences that she'll remember for a lifetime. Yeah, and I can't wait. She hasn't been to places like Wildcat or Atatash or she hasn't been to Gunstock. So there's plenty of places on the map that I want to make sure and bring her. My first experience skiing in New Hampshire was, I was, I think I was 10 years old. So I was pretty old for learning to ski. And it was on Black Mountain's J-Bar. Now, Black Mountain is restoring that J-Bar this year. If you check out New England Ski Journal, we had a great interview with, with Ray Gilmore, who is in charge of that and, and what's going behind that. But that's how I learned on this J bar on quiet black mountain. And I will never, ever forget that memory because it's so different than how my kids are are learning, right? With the magic carpets and, and specialized whatever. And I will always remember that as being extremely special and to grow up in the, the, the backyard of New Hampshire. I probably skied Atatash more than any other mountain in New England. Um, just because it's, it's right there in North Conway. Right. And it's easy to get to. And a lot of New Hampshire is just, it holds a special place in my heart. It's, it's interesting how the states differ. And I've skied New Hampshire more than any other state, probably. And for that reason alone, it's special in my heart. It's special to a lot of people. There's so much history in New Hampshire. You talk about Cranmore with the ski mobile, the ski train that used to dump everybody right up in town, the Austrians coming over yeah. to teach skiing. You look I, at some of those pictures. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's great. It's just incredible because the history, the skiing, the people. It's a live free or die state. Right. Come and come join us, folks. One thing the local schools do in the Conway area, I'm not sure if it's North Conway or Conway, they do a recreation. I think this is the first or second year they did it this year. A recreation of Hannah Schneider arriving by train in downtown. And I think that's a great indication about how much this history should matter to to a region like New Hampshire. Yes, by all means. That history, New Hampshire is tourist-based. We always complain about visitors coming up, but the visitor is what drives the state. And now with 93, having four lanes all the way up to Manchester... The gridlock isn't what it used to be, and Route 16 doesn't seem to be as bad as it used to be. It really doesn't. In the North Conway. No, it doesn't uh, at all. I mean, it used to be super bad, but the skiing's still the same. Right. We need to get up there and embrace it. Then you, then you, even southern New Hampshire with the crotchets and the sunapees and the raggeds, they are doing a great job. Yeah, they are. I mean, ragged obviously is made news of its own by purchasing 
their parent company purchasing JPEG. And you go up 93, you've got Loon, you've got Canon, you've got Bretton Woods, and each place has their own interesting characteristics, reasons to go there. For Bretton Woods, for me, one of my favorite features there is that the trees are very welcome to intermediate skiers, which is great to get my kids in there to get them kind of used to doing that activity. Canon, to me, if, you're, if, it's, if it's a powder day, I'm going to Canon. There's no doubt about that. Gunstock, I think, is, I want to call it one of the more underappreciated resorts in New England, but that's only because I haven't been there much, right? And I think that that place is special in terms of the terrain it has, the views. And look, there's no better view in New England. And I know we, we've beaten it to death with how great it is. But you stand on the top of Wildcat and you stare at that face of Tuckerman. There's nothing that, that comes close to that as far as the best view in New England. It is that good. I agree. And Tuckerman's being, when we talk New Hampshire, we can't forget Tuckerman's. Even though it's not a ski area, right. it is owned by us all. And basically, we all get the chance to ski up there if we so choose to make that effort. And you don't have to go all the way to the top. You don't have to go up into a chute. You can stay down on the bowl. But if you haven't skied Tuckerman's in the spring or at least taken a walk up to enjoy the history of New Hampshire skiing up there, you got to go do it. We want to talk about, we've talked earlier in an earlier podcast about paid parking. You want to do paid parking. They should get tickets and just put tickets on every car lining up 16 on a nice spring day. And that, that, that'll be a great revenue collector for the state of New Hampshire. Oh, come on, Eric. Don't, don't give them the ideas. I know. I know. I know. I didn't, I didn't say that. We can, we can, Dave, we can cut that out. Coming up next, we have Jessica Keeler. She's the president of Trade Group Ski New Hampshire. She's going to take us for a tour around the state and tell us what's new and what's happening this winter. So stay tuned. Joining us now in the Basecamp podcast is Jessica Keeler. Jessica is the president of Ski New Hampshire. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jessica. How are you today? I am fantastic, thank you. How are you? There's some, I'm doing great. Ski areas are open. New Hampshire is starting to light up with trails. Um, why don't you give us a little background on what your position is with Ski New Hampshire and what exactly the trade organization does and its responsibilities? Yeah, sure. So I'm the president of Ski New Hampshire. We are a three-person, well, almost soon to be three-person trade association that represents currently 32 ski areas in the state of New Hampshire, which include both alpine and cross-country. And I often tell people that what we do is is like a three-legged stool. We do a combination of government relations and advocacy on one on one leg of the stool, education and networking on the other leg. And on the third leg is like marketing and PR type efforts. And I can certainly expand on any of those three, but figured I'd start with that just to give kind of a brief synopsis of the various areas that we're engaged in. Well, in the state of New Hampshire, the live free or die state that I live in, how is it lobbying? Do you lobby both in New Hampshire and in Washington or do you just stay with the New Hampshire legislature? Yeah, sure. So we do both. We actually have a hired lobbyist, a lobbying firm. One in particular has been working with us since the organization was founded back in 1993. And they've since brought on another gentleman who also has been helping with those efforts. So they're they're based in Concord and they basically have their nose to the ground on all things 
legislation and policy and kind of help keep us informed as to what's going on down there, especially this time of year. We're starting to see a lot of bill proposals, the LSRs being put out there by various legislatures, legislators. And as we have a gigantic legislature. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes. So, so a lot of bills come out of that gigantic legislature. And so they'll be kind of looking at those to see what kinds of things might be important to our members, whether it's very few end up being ski specific. They tend to be more just business oriented that we're looking at. And so we'll take a look at those over time. Once January hits, we'll, we'll kind of convene our government relations committee and do kind of a deep dive into some of those topics and decide what's important to us, which things to keep an eye on, where we need to speak out for or against certain bells and that sort of thing. And then as far as working in Washington, yeah, we do have some efforts. And, and often those are led by National Ski Areas Association. So they're kind of a leader in, um, on that front and are kind of paying attention to what's going on on a national level. And what often happens in that regard is that if there's something going on where one of our, one of the state's senators or representatives is a key person in a specific committee, say, they might reach out to us and say, hey, your senator is really important here. We need his or her support. Can you help us by reaching out to them? Can you sit on this call, join this meeting, that sort of thing? And those topics tend to be kind of bigger picture things. A lot of like immigration, for example, J-1s and H-2B visa holders are often very important to helping our ski areas run throughout the season. So it's getting involved in, in issues like that. Climate change is certainly an important one. And, and there are others as well, where we are often working with our federal delegation to try and enact legislation that's going to help our industry. Last season was weather-wise, I guess the nice way to put it is up and down. And that your numbers were off last year. In, in, according to a release you had in the spring, compared to a 10-year average, Alpine skiers, skier visits were off 4% in New Hampshire last year. Across all activities, business was down 3%. Are those numbers concerning to you at all, or are they just indicative of the, of the questionable weather we had last year? I would say the answer is yes to both. It's, it was certainly indicative of the weather that we had. As you said, it was up and down. We had a lot of warm spells, a lot of rain. Sometimes it was just a rainstorm, and sometimes it was rain on the back end of a snowstorm, that sort of thing. And, and that definitely can hurt business. But I would say it's also, it's also concerning in general because we, we're seeing more and more of those weather patterns as a result of climate change. And my concern is that we might see in more might might see more and more of those types of seasons. We've already been seeing them since I've been here over the last eight seasons. And certainly prior to that, we've seen some changes in, in weather patterns, but it seems to be getting more common. And yeah, so, so I would say that it's concerning from a bigger picture of what the future looks like in terms of our general climate. We're looking at warming weather, warmer winters. We're likely to see more rain storms and shorter windows for snowmaking. These are things that scientists in New Hampshire and, and elsewhere have been recording and sharing with us. And we need to be doing more to try and combat climate change, frankly. So yeah, it, it, it's a little of both. I, I will say that last year and, and again this year, we're seeing 
very strong season pass sales. So last year going to the season, a lot of our skiers were seeing record season pass sales so that the demand is there for people to get out and ski. What we had a hard time with in, in a lot of cases was the weather. This year, we're seeing a lot of demand again for season pass sales. And we have yet to see what the what Mother Nature is going to deliver this year. Hopefully we get back to more of a return to normal, but time will certainly tell. Well, what our listeners would love to hear is what's going on around the state. So we're going to put you on the spot here. Let's start with North Conway area. The resort's up in there. What's going on up there? Any Anything new that everybody needs to know about? Yeah. So let's see where to begin. Well, let's start with um, Cranmar or Ratatash. We'll start with Cranmore because Cranmore is actually in North Conway. <laughs> Perfect. So lots going on there. Actually, this is going to be an interesting year for them because they have torn down their main base lodge with all their offices and people are basically going to have like more of a tenting type experience. It'll be a little more, I don't even know if rustic is the right word for that, but it'll be a, a one year slight inconvenience, whereas next year they'll be enjoying a bit more luxury with, when the new Fairbank Lodge gets built. It's like a, so, gl- a glamping experience for a year. Yes. Yeah, a glamping. I like it. <laughs> Ski glamping. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be done by next year. In the meantime, they also have a, a Fairfield Marriott being built right near the base. That is has been a little bit delayed because of a an important piece, I guess, of equipment. Sort of the the thing these days, right? Supply chain issues. But there's expected now to open in February. So that's pretty exciting. So there'll be more essentially slopeside lodging there in Cranmore. And of course, they just also upgraded their their main quad, like a million dollar upgrade. So that great, the lift will be working better and more efficiently. So, so that's North Conway. But there's other things going on around the Mount Washington Valley as well. So you've got at Atatash, you've got the new quad that's being put in, which will provide better access to intermediate and beginner trails. And of course, next year, I realize we're talking about this year, but Vail has announced that they're going to be replacing that Summit Triple, which is very exciting. For all of us. Yes. For all of us. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's actually not going to be the slow ride. Here's, the, here's my, my only thing with that, and I know I'm, I'm going against the grain here, is that when you get up to the top of that mountain, it gets skied over really quickly and really easily. So now that we're going to get a, a high-speed chairlift up there, how quickly is that going to happen? That's all I want to say. That's it. But my knee, my knee isn't going to hurt as bad by the time I get to the top. Okay, area. that's true. Hopefully that's something that they all will consider. They build this new quad that doesn't get shut down or whatever should be a lot more reliable. And they'll need to take care of that. So good point. Well, I think that last year, and this will be my last part of it, is that, that putting snowmaking on Wilfred's Gorm for the first time last year, I think was a precursor to that to kind of help alleviate some traffic from going in both directions. What about on the I-93 corridor? What's going on there? Oh, let's see. Well, Loon certainly had a lot going on. They have their Seven Brothers Express Quad going in this year, which is which is great. That'll help that area. But of course, the big news, again, we're sort of talking about big news now for next year, but is the South Peak development. And that's going to be really exciting. Lots going on with that on additional 30 acres. It'll really open up. There, there's... There's a lot going on with that. So it, it'll provide a lot quicker access to a lot of people. It's a lot closer to 
getting off the highway. People won't necessarily have to crawl through the Lincoln traffic so much anymore. So it'll be really interesting to see how that alleviates some of those traffic problems. I was told that may even all but eliminate the need for shuttle busing too. So curious to see what happens there. Um, It's going to open up a lot of learning terrain too. So I know over time they have plans to develop more learning facilities there. And I think that's great. I think it's always great when a when a ski area can have kind of more dedicated space for learners because it can be kind of intimidating if you're a beginner skier and you're learning in the middle of where everyone else is coming down the hill. So I think that that'll be a, a great addition addition yeah. to, to what Loon's got going on. Yeah, recently at the Boston Ski Show, South Peak had its own booth aside from the Loon booth. And I was really impressed with the uniqueness of the designs and just a, a kind of new way to look at it, right? Like it wasn't like this is a new part of Loon, so here's Loon marketing to show you. How. No, it was like really original in its own thing. And I thought it really made it stand out on its own. Yeah, it's exciting. It'll be really fun to watch that come to fruition for sure. I'm really excited for Waterville's new lift. So hopefully... Waterville's always had some problems with windhold and stuff. So that lift is going in this year, correct? Yes. Yeah. They're still, last I heard, which was last week, they're still expecting to be able to open up on December 3rd. So fingers crossed that everything goes well. I believe they have an inspection for that lift on the 28th. So that would be next Monday, a week from today. So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, that's really exciting. It's exciting to have these bubble lifts being installed in New Hampshire. We had one, an eight pack at Loon last year, and then we've got the six pack at Waterville Valley this year. So yeah, I think that'll really help with that experience. I mean, it's New England and sometimes you get blown around a little bit on a chairlift, but if you've got a lift that's going up, it is getting hit by the wind and you can do something to sort of alleviate the discomfort of folks going up that lift, then I think it's great that they're doing that. Can't wait to try it. That eight pack, I was there day one on the hill. And I was just amazed the difference from the old Kank quad. It was just a totally different experience. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, What's, what's going on down South? I mean, it was really good to see the big Mac McIntyre's guns opened up when they were expecting to open them up. So Ross did a great job there. What else going on down South? Crotchet, Sunapee, anything down in that neck of the woods? Yeah. Great question. I know Crotchet has put in a new learning carpet, awesome. which is great. They've got some stuff going on. I know Mount Tunnabee has been doing some work on lifts as well. I'm not sure of any other like major, major projects, unless I'm just forgetting right now, which is entirely possible. But I think they, they've just been trying to keep things moving along and, and uh, getting ready for the season as well. As the, as the editor of the Ski Journal, I'll tell you that summer is like the dead zone for us. And I'm sure it's the same for you, that it's tough to cover skiing in August. Except for 2022, when we had a whole bunch of developments and obviously at the top of the list was the Gunstock saga. Thankfully, everything turned out okay. But what were your feelings on that as it was developing? Wow. Yeah, I'd say there were a lot of feelings. It was really kind of interesting to watch. Stressful? To watch local government get so involved with the daily operations of a ski area. I mean, you guys know operating a ski area is a distinct thing. The ski industry is very different from really any other industry out there. And to to hear some of the folks that were involved with wanting to make decisions and and kind of almost like seize control of the ski area, it was 
hard to watch. And I'm sure it was way harder to be part of that group. When, when, when that senior management group stood up and walked out you know, with the final straw, it, it, it was kind of a good for you moment. You should be doing that. And how are they going to try and get this done now that you're gone? Which, of course, they weren't able to do that. Sure. But what it really ended up being was this sort of exercise in, in democracy. So you got people who, we all do this, right? We sometimes go and we vote for people that we haven't really researched to see, you know, what they're all about. And they come in and all of a sudden they're doing things like, wait a minute, what, what's that all about? And, and I think people really started to take note of, wait, who did we elect and who do we want to be here and, and being part of this, part of the delegation and part of the Gunstock Area Commission. And so there was a lot of advocacy and activity around that really drew people out. It's like, don't mess with our ski area. But it, it taught them like, who who had been elected and and maybe that it's time to pay a little closer attention to to what we're doing here. Right. So it was fascinating. Yeah. And, and I'm glad it, in the end I think it all worked out well. Yeah. I mean the, the the solidarity of that that group to decide that that's what they were going to do and then to actually do it yeah. was remarkable. And the way that the rest of the staff supported them, I think, really put the people that work at Gunstock in a fantastic light and proved yeah. how much they love that mountain and how much it means to them. So. Even though it was a rocky few weeks, I think Gunstock came out looking just uh, fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, I would agree. I'm, I'm thrilled for them and, and what they've got going on moving forward. We had Tom Day on a few podcasts ago. Our accolades to the crew there as a whole for the community, for the county to realize that that area is important for the area or for the economy and also for the skiing community of New Hampshire is huge. But now we have two areas that are, are really important family areas, feeder areas turning 60 this year, being King Pine yes. and Pass Peak. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they, I think it's January 7th. They both have celebrations going on to celebrate their 60th. Oh, that's my birthday. You're going to make them both? You're going to uh, have to hustle. Uh, that, that's going to be tricky. <laughs> January 7th is my birthday, but I'll only be 49, so they'll still be older. I would love to be at both, but I'm I'm in Colorado right then. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, so we've got, yeah, both turning 60, both, they're both great mountains. Honestly, King Pine is about five or six miles down the road from my house, and it's a place where I took my kids when when they were little. And what was really nice is that at night when they got a little bit older and could ski on their own without me right by them, which took maybe two years once they started at the age of two, parents could just go upstairs, hang out in the bar. And there are all these windows where you can see like where everyone is coming down to. Everyone just keeps coming back to the same spot at, at night. And, uh, and the kids felt so independent and like so big. It was just just a great spot for that, for a small mountain. So they do a great job there. And Pat's Peak, I don't get there nearly as often as I'd like because it's a little bit further away. This year, I'll be heading back over there to do some skiing. And they're a fantastic mountain as well, of course. They've got so much going on. They've got a great crew over there who's been there for a while. They're super dedicated to that mountain. I know that they've got some additional construction going on as well. So I can't wait to go check some of that out as well. Yeah, all three of my kids have taken multiple lessons at King Pine. Tremendous ski school there. And as they grow older, they, we really have gravitated towards Pat Peak, where my oldest son 
who's not the gnarliest skier out there. He's more relaxed, loves that place, loves the cookies, loves the atmosphere. So it, it's those two places celebrating 60 at the same year it is kind of fitting just for how much they have meant to, to local families. Yeah, yeah well, I would agree. Well, Pat's Peak, my son went there as a middle schooler, of course, because that's where the bus programs went. But they do an incredible job both from for adult race programs to their own race team, and they stay open with some great terrain. So I'm giving a little plug here for Pats. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they do. It's great. Both both of those mountains have 100% snowmaking, and they tend to get all their terrain covered quickly and stay 100% covered. The the size helps, and it it just ends up meaning that if you're going to one of those ski areas, you could probably ski any of those trails. Well, what, when you're there pretty much any time of year, at least within the bulk of the season. Okay, Jess, we want to get some inside information. So we got some personal questions here. It's a powder day in New Hampshire. Where are you going? It sort of depends on what day of the week it is, because if I'm working and there's a lot going on, I've got to be close. So it's probably either going to be King Pine or, or Cranmore because they're like really close to my office or my house. Mm -hmm. I also am kind of partial to Canon since my husband is the marketing director there and he's got an office so I can go set up <laughs> in the office. So that's super handy. Plus on a good powder day, Canon's pretty amazing. Yep. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a function of if I could get out and plan ahead for like a two hour drive somewhere, maybe spend the night the night before, um, that would be kind of cool. Last year we, we tried to get out more often to do that, but again, we kind of had these weird weather events and had to change our plans a few times, but maybe this is the year. We're due. How about you? Fingers crossed. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast will return after this. Great Glen Trails Outdoor Center is your one-stop adventure destination this winter. No lift lines, just great grooming and magical vistas. Classic snow tubing hill with hot cocoa and s'mores on the weekends. Try a guided snow coach tour. Grab your reservation to Treeline on Mount Washington. Private and group lessons for skiers of all ages and all abilities. Evening snowshoe tours and so much more. Check the website for booking options and details as well. GreatGlenTrails.com Did you know knee injuries are the most frequent serious injuries in skiing? But an independent multi-year controlled study with thousands of participants at 13 different ski resorts proved that knee bindings reduce the risk of ACL injuries by 82%. To put it another way, knee bindings effectively eliminate four out of five of the knee injuries that happen on all other bindings. This extraordinary result is due to knee bindings patented lateral heel release that only opens in one direction. This unique feature allows the perfect balance between retention and release. If the heel opened in both directions, the estimated injury reduction would be limited to 20%, instead of knee bindings proven 82%. Get all the details and your new bindings at kneebinding.com. That's kneebinding.com. If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out skijournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV show and the Basecamp podcast. 
And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal, the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. And now, back to the Base Camp Podcast. How about your favorite trail in New Hampshire? The trail you just love. Oh, I, that's a horrible question for me because I am okay, okay. bad at remembering trail names. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it easier. The favorite spot with the best view. Oh, gosh. I mean, anywhere on top of Bretton Woods is yep. amazing because you've got the Mount Washington and the whole presidential range, especially from the Rosebrook Lodge. I've got to say, just yep. sitting up there and it's amazing. Having a little beverage or something. Yeah. It, it, kind of mind-blowing you feel like you're somewhere else really so that's fantastic i love the views of lafayette from the top of cannon lake winnipesaukee and mount washington from gunstock yeah the, those are some of my favorites the moral of the story on that statement that you just made i don't care if you're a wildcat brenton woods gunstock cannon the views are some of the best in the world yeah we've got some fantastic views and i have to admit i've actually never skied wildcat before oh. No, and I and I live nearby. There's a, it's a long story behind that that I won't bore you with. But Jessica, I am going to ski there this year. And okay. finally, I've been up there, but only in the summer. So okay, I'll show, I'll, winter views. I will show you the stashes once we get the snow. Absolutely, that yeah. that's a hundred percent going to happen. Um, All right, it's a deal. I guess Wildcat would be your hidden gem since you've never skied. But what okay. what would you say is a hidden gem in New Hampshire that people don't hear enough about? I think I don't know. Some of the little ones would go probably fall under that category like a, it, it again it sort of depends on what you're looking for if you're looking for a family hidden gem someplace like king pine or even like whaleback has such a great vibe going on they've got so much going on if you're looking for again like sort of like that family friendly place those two certainly come out as as places that people maybe haven't heard of some of the more gnarly skiing you're probably looking at cannon or wildcat They've, they've got a lot of history and, and some really dedicated followers, but they're like less likely to be as busy as some of the other well-known ones. Yeah, those, those are just a can, few. Can I mean, I... You, can, you can find your own hidden gem, I think, within any of those skiers yep. with, with some local knowledge. Of course. Stashes, as you referenced. Yep. Can I throw one more in there for you that I skied? We always forget it, but Dartmouth Skiway. Yes. It is something... It so much history, but the skiing's yeah. really good and the people are cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they and really that, are. And a beautiful lodge too. It yeah, the McLean Lodge is gorgeous. So what is the go to opera ski location? I know mine in New Hampshire, but where in, what's the go to in New Hampshire? There are there's some really historical ones, of course, but Oh yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know all of them because I don't spend enough time skiing everywhere i would say places like in the mount washington valley you might be looking at the red park a pub yeah there we go very well known one there's there's others around too but i don't know what do you where do you guys like to go when you 
I think of horse horse feathers right in downtown North Conway. Yeah, the Red Parker pubs up Red there. Parker. Delaney's best wings I've ever had. And yep, Delaney's um, is great. Where else? I don't never usually it's go to horse feathers. It's usually like a forgotten place. For yeah, well, it's there's yeah. there's some history in these ski bum areas. Yeah, and, and yeah. You've really, got like the Woodstock Inn and the Wood, in, uh, Woods, Woodstock yep. Inn's fantastic. Yep. And, and I know, like, there are other great places down south, but again, like, I, I just haven't been down there, especially for the beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. Good, some good spots, though. And I don't know if you've been to McIntyre. They, they kind of redid some stuff. They I have. I went to the, to the uh, actually, to the Ski New Hampshire thing they had there probably, what, three years ago. Yeah, we've got um, another one coming up. There. Yes. And I cannot. A week from Friday. I cannot so, be there. I'm sorry. You, yeah. We're, Make sure you get there. We're going to give a plug here. I'm going to give a plug for New England Ski Museum based in New Hampshire and make sure you check it out and please, please donate to them because we want to keep it there. My little plug for New Hampshire. Yeah, great museums. Certainly being over in the Conway area, I've spent more time heading into the newer North Conway branch, Yep, which is such a gorgeous spot. I mean, they did such a wonderful job with that. But yeah, and and then of course, as you there's also the Franconia branch too. So depending on if you're going up 93, that would be an easy one to hit. If you're heading up 16, I'll certainly hit the North Conway one. But yeah, some some good stuff in those. Yeah, they're both great, particularly the one in, in North Conway. I love going in there and going to the back and they've got all those magazines. And I, I just geek out there for a couple hours. My wife's shopping North Conway, as she will do, but I will just be in there for an hour and just loving it. It's It's fantastic. Yeah. She knows where to leave you. Of course, yeah, all the time. <laughs> Jess, thank you very much. This was a great discussion. Can't wait to get back up to New Hampshire and ski there. I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast, and I hope you have a great winter. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I'm certainly hoping for a great winter, too. And when you head up this way, give me a shout. Will do. We'll come up and make some turns with you. Perfect. Can't wait. Thank thanks, you. Jess. Take care. All right, well, I'm ready to hit 93 North and get into New Hampshire right now. It's New Hampshire is a place that I will try to get to every weekend during the winter. I may not make it every weekend during the winter. Vermont may call me or Maine may be on my, on my radar, maybe Western Mass. But New Hampshire always, or I don't want to say always, most usually will win out because, one, my family's had a home there for so long and we have familiarity with the area. We know the places to eat. We know the other things to do when it doesn't snow. So for those reasons, New Hampshire is probably my most frequented state as far as skiing is concerned. Yeah, it's so easy from down here on the South Shore to get into New Hampshire for for anybody down here. I was going to actually say, why don't you pick me up on your way north one day? But then you said weekend. If you take a midweek day off, I'm, I've got the luxury of being there midweek and not weekends. I know. It, it's uh, my other life. I am a school teacher. And they only give you a few personal days. And so it's it's tough when I want to plan my week around skiing, yet they want me to come in and teach. It's a whole deal that I've got to kind of figure out and get you, them on board with. My kick is we're in empty nesters right now, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Yep, that is. But even more perfect, as a ski rep, I can justify being up there when I want to be up there to ski. Right. So that that makes it really easy. But New, New Hampshire is fun. Give give. Give me one spot that you haven't skied that you're going to make a commitment to ski in this year at, in New Hampshire. Boy, 
I have. We we, we talked earlier about Dartmouth Skiway, and I, and I have never skied there. It's funny though. My my nephew and my sister came up for my my parents' fiftieth anniversary party, which we held over the weekend, and he is debating. Well, he wants to go to Brown. He's a smart kid, but Dartmouth is also high on the list. And now my sister did not get into Dartmouth. She went to Brown and she's a little nervous about him going there, I guess, because of the region and what is there for him to do. And I kind of just laughed at her. I'm like, he's got the Dartmouth skiway right there and Killington's not her way. He'll be fine. And she's looking at me like, okay, that's not exactly what I was talking about, but I understand why your thought would go that way. So yeah, I am looking forward to that. If Zachary does want to go to Dartmouth, that I will ski Dartmouth skiway. No doubt. The other one that I have skied before, but I would like to check out a lot more is Ragged because it had to be about 12 years ago the last time I'd been there. And it was one of those days. It was it was good, but it wasn't one of those massive introductions to a mountain where you fall in love with it, right? What I remember there is I remember good variety of terrain and I remember the fireplace. And beyond that, there wasn't too much that sticks in my memory. And I know there's got to be more there. I, I know it's a beloved mountain for a lot of people. So I would like to get back to, to Ragged and kind of experience that on a bigger scale than I have in the past. Well, Dartmouth, I'll tell you what, you don't have to wait until <laughs> he's there. I know, it's just my excuse, though. But all you have to do is take one of those midweek days off. Yes. Just yes. saying, yep, yep. you're sick. Join me. I'll go to Dartmouth any day. It, there's, there's two ski areas that I had to go ski because of their history, Mm -hmm. because of their racing history. One was Dartmouth, the other one's Middlebury Snowball. Yep. And I've skied them both. They're not in the news. They don't get press, but they are, they are so much fun to ski. I can't, I cannot tell you how much fun they are. And the people, it's not corporate at all. Right. The people are awesome. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing going to a place like that and you just, you get a natural vibe of what is that place is like, what the community is like. And you don't always get that at corporate resorts. You just get a lot of visitors and a lot of complaining and a lot of this and that. And there isn't just that overall good feeling that we're out here skiing and let's spark up a conversation. There's a lot less of that sometimes at those places because everyone's got something else in their mind, like their, their lunch wasn't cooked right or you have to pay for parking or blah, blah, blah. At these places, just don't get that. And I think that's true. And look, as much as we want to, I know you don't want to, and I don't want to either, but people like to rag on Vail. I don't know if you've heard that. I've never heard that. I think something new. (laughs) I, 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 I listen to those complaints, and sometimes I agree, and sometimes I just roll my eyes because particularly when it comes to a place like Wildcat, when you've got... Epic past users complaining about the terrain at Wildcat or they didn't cover the rocks or blah, blah. And it's just when you take a place like Wildcat and you introduce it to the masses without the express knowledge of what this place is and what this place has become and the kind of skier that this place has raised, right? That's a classic New Hampshire thing, raising a tough skier that can handle the elements. And that sort of disconnect kind of drives me crazy sometimes because you're not understanding the history of the place. You're not understanding the characteristics of the place. You're basically shoehorning it 
a, 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 a franchisee, right? And not recognizing what makes it special. And I think in the homogenization of some of these ski resorts, we do end up losing some of that. And it's important not to forget those certain interesting aspects that make this ski area what it is. In New Hampshire, I think that those characteristics are more important than probably any other state in New England. Yes, they are unique here more than any other state. I will say many of the ski areas in New York are the same way, Mm -hmm. especially central New York area and western New York, where they are senses of community as a whole. But look, I'm a retired full-time firefighter too, and the one thing we always said about firefighters, what they don't deal with well is change. Mm -hmm. A lot of what you see out there right now, whether it be with Aditash, whether it be with Sugarbush, because that went through the change. I just spoke to a couple people at Snowbound. One was skis out of Sugarbush, and they were all upset with management and everything else. But I got news for you. Change is going to happen. That's the only thing that's going to sustain some of these areas long term. There aren't, there aren't many black mountains out there that can just make it. Right. But it's a fine line. A couple bad snow years, and it's, it's a difficult one. Well, would we embrace the Indy Mountains as much as we are, have in past years if it weren't for corporations coming in and, and doing the Icon Pass and the Epic Pass? I, I wonder if we would have – we appreciate places like Berkshire East and Black Mountain so much now because of the unique and authentic atmosphere. I grew up skiing Black Mountains, so it would always be that way for me. But would it be like that for me at Berkshire East? I don't know if I would necessarily gravitate that way if it weren't looking for something different. I I agree. The mega passes, I can tell you it's making me. Look, I haven't not skied much in New England. I've pretty much skied almost everything. I need to go to the little town hills next. I love the fact that people are waking up saying, they they want a pure experience, not just a resort experience. I have this argument with a with a, with a couple friends sometimes that they all think it needs to be two thousand vert and plus, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Once again, most lifts only get you a thousand to twelve hundred. Most do not get you more than that. So if you want to take two lifts, sure you can get it, but for one lift. But in one area, I'm going to give you the area that I am going to ski period the end this year and we all drive by it it kills me i look at it every day i drive by it and it just kills me that i've never been on it is whaleback yes i i just i i just saw somebody from whaleback we had a long talk at snowbound and that is an area i'll go ski dartmouth for half a day whaleback for half a day because they're close enough where you can ski them both, and it's, it's going to be a great day. Well, some great stories surrounding Whaleback now, too, in that it's a nonprofit ski area. They recently reached their fundraising goal to update and add more lighting. It, it's become this real strong community area that, that's grooming skiers to get ready for the next thing. And I think that where it is, located there, right, by, right on the side of 89, you're always aware of it, always. I've driven pi- past Whaleback hundreds of times. How many times have I skied it? Zip. So I think that 
having it as a nonprofit community place is just fantastic. And it seems like it's really been embraced with that new goal. Yeah, well back, that's the spot I'm, I guarantee I'm going to ski some runs. I don't care how good the snow is. I'm going to stop. I'm going to make sure. I drive by there all the time as I head in, into Vermont. It's time to make it happen. The other cool thing about New Hampshire is that most of the areas are, are right off some major routes. There's not a lot of trouble getting to them. It's real easy. I'm going to tell you a story. I was skiing with my shop manager when I was with Ski Market back when, or one of my managers, whoever it was. But we started up at Wildcat. And because you're a North Conway skier, you'll understand this. Mm -hmm. It was windy, cloudy, skiing by Braille, which I have no problem with doing. A wildcat? You know what I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not being able to see. Go figure. But we skied for a little while. And let's go down to Aditash. So we hopped in. Just, I've got to use a disclaimer here. I was a... I was a shop manager that had rights to ski at all these places at this point, so it made it easy. I understand lift tickets and right. access is a little bit different, but went down to Aditash. We skied Aditash for a little bit, ripped it up for an hour. Tim and I looked at each other and said, boy, let's go to Bretton Woods. Understand, first time I didn't take my boots off down to Aditash at all. Mm-hmm. Second time to go to Bretton Woods, my right boot came off. My left boot stayed on. <laughs> we went to Bretton Woods. We skied a few runs. And all of a sudden, a little light went off in our head. Let's get Cannon too. Mm-hmm. One boot came off, hopped in the car. His boot stayed on. To Cannon we went, and we caught one run before the lift closed. Where else can you do that? That's great. That's great. I've, I've heard stories of, of back in, way back when Wildcat Prevail used to do its $9 or $7, whatever day that was. And Cranmore would do its own like $15 day on the same day. And I've heard stories of people hopping from Wildcat to Adatash to Cranmore in a similar fashion. So it's, it's cool to have that many areas in such a small radius that, that something like that's actually possible. I'm going to ask you, Jess was a little diplomatic on the answer because, well, she represents everybody. It's a powder day. Where are you heading in New Hampshire? Powder day. If I had any option, it would probably be Wildcat. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason. Cannon's great. I had an 18-inch at Loon last year, which was great. But to get 2,000 vert out of Wildcat off of one lift. Amazing lift. Right. High speed. You can lap it, and it's Wildcat. Yeah. I mean, it. it now, is that lift running? That's the question. Well, <laughs> it's, it, well it's, first, it's, right? it's got to be running. <laughs> yeah. But when they – I remember the old gondola, yep. the old two-person. Mm-hmm. It is the – I had just moved here into the New England area a long time ago. I remember riding that one day. I have never been in a freezer that cold in my life yeah. because I was alone on it. I was skiing Wildcat by myself, and it was crazy cold on that little two-person gondola. Let's say it's a, a spring day. Where are you going? Mm, spring day. Of course, I ski midweek, so they're all not crowded. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. But spring day, Cannon or or even Loon, one one or the other. Mm-hmm. Loon because you can move to three different areas and 
all the way across North Peak, South Peak, or or the Kank yep. area, yep. the new eight pack, eight pack, and Cannon Powder Days down low on Cannon are phenomenal. So are Spring Days, right? And it's it's when Cannon can be fun because you're not freezing you you're you know what off. Yes, of course. Yeah, I've had some epic uh, Spring Days at, at Loon. I, I, Wildcat for me is is the spring place because snow will stay there for a long time, and if it's a powder day, I mean I, I've I've probably skied one of my best powder days ever at Cannon Mountain. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the uh, Bretton Woods is not a good powder day place. It's a great every other time of the of the year time place. I've had many many epic spring days at Loon. For Powder Day, for me, it's probably still going to be Cannon. Wildcat is right up there, and, and Wildcat obviously is, is up there for spring destination as well. New Hampshire is, I've said it, I've said it again, it's, it's close to my heart in, in terms of skiing, closest to my heart in terms of my experiences there, and, uh, and frankly, leading my kids to ski in that state as well. So I am getting ready to head up there, and I'd like to say I'm leaving right now, but not, not quite yet. Well... Well, you know what? You can because we got some skiing going on yep. and it's time for everybody to load up that car, load up the gear, make sure you know where it's at so when the snow is good, you can just grab and go. Um, it's time to go skiing, folks. A funny little anecdote about skiing in New Hampshire. I was recently at the Snowbound Festival and uh, hanging out with Jess Kaler, actually in a back room. And I went over to her and said, hey, Bretton Woods, huh? And I broke the news to Jess that Bretton Woods was opening for the season. So if you think that these are just two podcast hosts that don't really know what they're talking about, we are breaking news right to the source. So thank you very much. Mike, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Eric, it was a lot of fun. Always fun talking about my home state. And thank you, Jess, for coming on board. And we will see you soon on the podcast. That's right. That's Mike Specian. I am Eric Wilbur. This was New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. We will see you next time. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.